Welcome to Wisdom Today. My name is Bill Kelly, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we will be exploring the book of Proverbs. Let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you give them ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Proverbs 13, beginning in verse 1. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. A righteous man hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and comes to shame. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. There is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing, and one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. The ransom of a man's life is his riches, but the poor does not hear rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. He who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. Poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. A desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice there is waste. He who spares his rod 
hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. The righteous eats to the satisfying of his soul, but the stomach of the wicked shall be in want. Friends, today I'm going to take a closer look at verse 3. There is so much that we can learn from verse 3 of Proverbs 13. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Friends, I often speak about the importance of the words that come out of our mouth, but this verse really explains everything so deeply. Let's look at it one more time. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Wow. So that tells you how important our words really are. In Proverbs 18.21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Friends, we have the ability to either bring forth life by the words that we speak, or we have the ability to bring forth death by the words that we speak. And so many people, so many relationships end because of words that are spoken. I want you to think about that, but I believe one of the most important things that we have to be concerned with every single day of our life is pondering the words that are going to come out of our mouth They can be refreshing and uplifting, or they can be demeaning, and they can bring forth bad things. Today we're going to continue our study on people in the New Testament who showed humility. And today I'm going to take a look at the author of the book of Luke, And let's take a look at what we do know about Luke. First of all, Luke was not a disciple of Jesus. As a matter of fact, Luke never even met Jesus. So what caused Luke to write a gospel about Jesus? And I'm supposing here that he was enamored by all of the stories that he heard about Jesus. First of all, we know that Luke was a Gentile. He was born a Greek in the town of Antioch, which is in the country of Syria, and he was a physician. A matter of fact, he is venerated by the Catholics to be the patron saint of physicians and surgeons. But one thing we know for sure is Luke was very dedicated in his craft, and he took very detailed notes. So he went around asking both former disciples, people who had been around from Jesus, and his time, and he wrote meticulous notes So one of the things we find out about the Gospel of Luke is that he wrote not only the Gospel of Luke, but he also wrote the book of Acts. 
And if you take those two books together, the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts, those two books comprise 27.5% of the New Testament. Now, I am going to go over two of the main parables that we consider when we think about Luke. And Luke actually wrote about 24 parables in his gospel, and 18 of those parables are unique to Luke's gospel. Today, I'm only going to go over two of them, probably the two best known, and one is the parable of the Good Samaritan, because there's many lessons we can learn from this. So let's go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, beginning in verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? Now one thing we know is the road from Jerusalem to Jericho was a 17-mile trek. And that road was notorious for having robbers. A matter of fact, there were also caves along the side of the road. And these robbers would hide in caves and prey on unsuspecting people. And they would often rob people as they journeyed down this road. But let's take a closer look at this, and let's take a look at the three people who passed by this person who had been basically almost beaten to death. The first one was a priest. 
So when you think of the priest, you think of the good guy, the person that you can trust, the person that is going to provide for you and take care of you. And yet, when he confronted this individual, he immediately went to the other side of the road. The second person was a Levite. And at that time, Levites were very important in the church. They weren't a pastor, but they were in the leadership of the church. So in other words, probably in today's times, they would be either a deacon or an elder in the church, but they were involved in the church activities. And then we have the Samaritan. Now, friends, at that time, Samaritans were looked at basically as evil people. You didn't want anything at all to do with Samaritans. And this was like a racial thing as well. So it's very interesting how Luke brings this parable about. And basically what he's telling us is that we're all human. Do not look at people at their stature or what their job is because they may not treat you the way that you think they will treat you. But the person who you think is the other side of the road, the person who you look at and look down on and maybe as an enemy or not a friend, is the one who went out of his way and took care of this person. I think this is a wonderful story. And let's look at the story of the prodigal son. And we all know this. This is found in Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11. Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. 
and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him? And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Friends, there are so many lessons we can learn from this parable. First of all, I think it's important to notice that we should be thankful to our parents, regardless of what happens. They are the one that brought us into this world. But what I really like here is that even though the son went and wasted all of his money, the father, when he saw him still afar off, he ran to him. Friends, this is like Jesus. This is the personification of who Jesus is. He is looking to each and every one of us, and he wants us to come into his flock. And this is a perfect representation of that. As we close this study on Luke, let's remember Luke humbled himself. I believe anyone who goes to the trouble to write scripture, they had a difficult time. Now, we are not sure. There are some people who speculate that Luke was martyred by hanging from an olive tree, but it is not a hundred percent certain. It is known that he was 84 years old when he died. So he lived a long life, but he still humbled himself. He journeyed with Paul, and that is found in the book of Acts. And he talks about his journeys with Paul. And Paul was the one who made Luke familiar with Jesus and told him, 
a majority of the stories, but Luke was very concerned about the accuracy in his gospel, and the gospel of Luke is known as being extremely accurate. My call to action today is simply to think about these two parables that Luke tells us, the one of the Good Samaritan. I want you to take a good, close look at yourself and ask yourself, what would you have done had you been in that position and saw someone in need on the side of the road who had been beaten? I want you to think about that, and then I'd like for you to think for just a moment about the parable of the prodigal son. How do you respond to how the father reacted when the son came back? Is that how you would be? Do you view yourself as the father that would run to his son to welcome him back into the fold? And if you have a chance today, the suggested scripture reading, this is a wonderful proverb today. If you have a chance, reread Proverb 13 in its entirety. And if you get a chance, read both the 10th and 15th chapters of Luke and reread these two parables. I believe you will be blessed. Friends, I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there is anyone listening to this podcast today and you've never taken that step, I invite you to repeat a simple prayer after me right now. Jesus, thank you that you were willing to come to earth and die on a cross for me. By doing that, you have forgiven me of all of my sins, past, present, and future. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross, and I believe on the third day you rose again and now sit at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus, I am a sinner. I need your help. I recognize that you are my Lord and Savior. I invite you to come into my heart. I ask this in Jesus' name. Friends, if any of you repeated that prayer, reach out to me on my Facebook page, Bill Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, please join me again tomorrow as we close out the week with wisdom today.